Hello, everyone, and welcome to Add Odds with Wrestling, episode 153. Joe and Adam here. Adam, hello. How are you feeling? I'm all right, you know, just a little under the weather, but I'm here. And, you know, I was looking through my notes, and Joe, I feel like I'm I'm woefully underprepared for this week's episode. And, I mean, I'm underprepared for every episode, as anybody who listens, you know. <laughs> but, like, I- I'm going through the notes, and I'm like, there's no show homework, there's nothing that I was supposed to do. Right. But like, I feel like I forgot to do something. And I'm sure at some point in the show, it'll it'll bite me in the ass. Right. I, th- I think it's just the fact that I I have, like, extra homework to do for my appearance on IWTV Guide next week. Oh, because, that's coming up. Yeah. So, like, that might be kind of hanging over my head. But, like, I feel like I'm missing something. You know, you hmm. got that feeling like you left the oven on in the house. Well, you are the iron lung of this podcast. Is that what you said before we started recording? <laughs> yes, well, I should be in an iron lung. Right oh, now. that's what it is. That's yes, yes. <laughs> I, I'll have you know, uh, behind the curtain, whatever. We had to do a take two on Longbox Heroes this week because I started the show off by calling Todd Adam. Yeah, that wasn't at all apparent at the beginning of the show when you said "Hello, Todd," and not Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, and again, obviously, I, we can't swear on that show. I try to keep that show as clean as possible. But I got a lot of stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff toward the end of the show that we could get in. Um, and obviously, you uh, have next week coming up, uh, IWTV Guide. I guess I was kind of, sort of, almost on a podcast-ish today. Oh. So, uh, as many of our listeners know, uh, we here at... Uh, at odds with wrestling are big fans of 2.0 the show mm-hmm. matt and jeff um not that matt listens to this i don't think he's a podcast guy but his wife stacy just had the baby over the weekend um but sunday nights they do like a live youtube thing mm-hmm. and uh you know I'll, i'm sitting there i'm you know i'm not doing anything before we get here my kids watching whatever my wife's you know, doing Facebook, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go and I'm going to watch this, because I'm going to watch it anyway, so I'm watching live. And I just throw, like, a comment into the chat, and they're like, oh, Joe, you should call in. So I tried to call in, but I was, like, all out of sync and cutting out and shit. So oh. I did mention uh, my favorite thing that happened in wrestling in 1997 was the debut of Dude Love. <laughs> and Matt talks about how he was confused who this Dude Love character was that he just showed up out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, I guess he was much younger and didn't realize that it was mankind, but I'm going to try again next week and hopefully work out whatever uh, technical issues that were very much on my end. I'm not going to blame them. It was definitely me. I'm new to this sort of thing, technology yeah. and whatnot. Yes, new to this whole podcasting and, and telephones. And, well, calling into a live YouTube stream. You know, I don't know how to do it. They emailed me this link and I clicked the link. And then when I clicked the link, it threw what I was watching on the YouTube, like, way out of sync, right? Uh-huh. They didn't give me any instructions. They just emailed me a link. <laughs> so I didn't know if I was supposed to close out the YouTube thing that I was watching and then just watch the show in the link. But then when I was watching it just in the link, there was no audio for them. Again, oh. it's, all of this is well out of my technical areas of expertise. See, if they just did their show over Skype, we wouldn't have these problems. Right, right, Hold exactly. Yep. <laughs> and now, At Odds With Wrestling presents This Day in Wrestling History. Well, 
Adam, I always like to do this to you when we do uh, this Dan Wrestling History. I just send you, like, the bare bones notes, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, hopefully it rings some sort of bell for you. Maybe I include information. Maybe I don't. More often don't, but yes. More often don't. Um, so, uh, on this day in wrestling history, uh, 2016, from the Our Lady of Mount Carmel, Carmel, Ohio, AIW held their event, AIW Against the World. Uh, it is on Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium. And I do implore you to go and watch this show because it is awesome. Um, just some of the hitters on this card, Britt Baker versus Crazy Mary Dobson, uh, who you might know better as Sarah Logan from the World Wrestling Entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was this was her send-off match before she went to the World Wrestling Entertainment. Okay. Uh, Japanese star Shinjiro Iri took on Eddie Kingston, which I know you'll be surprised by it was a very good match. Uh, BJ Whitmer versus Jimmy Wang Yang, who took time out of his cowboy-themed bachelorette bus tours that he does in the Cincinnati area. Uh, I forget who he was filling in for on that show, but uh, that was definitely something interesting. Uh, Whatever your feelings about this person, notwithstanding, Michael Elgin versus Tracy Williams was an unbelievable match. Uh... Josh Prohibition versus Nate Webb. And I think I sing Nate Webb's theme song as he does his entrance on the mic as he comes out. So that's <laughs> something to look into or avoid. Uh, Ray Rowe versus Tommy End, who you might know better as Al Black. And in maybe one of the most notorious matches in AIW history. And no, it's not because it's a facade singles match, but it's a facade singles match against Teddy Hart. Okay, what happened? Okay, so um, the match starts off, you know, Teddy comes out with his outfit, he's got the cats, he may have been uh, doing tricks with his cats where he was flipping them up in the air backstage, and some of these performers who had either just signed or were about to sign with the World Wrestling Entertainment asked for these videos not to be released because it would look poorly on them, Mm -hmm. uh, not naming who they were or were not. Uh, So Teddy Hart comes out, bip, 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 him and Facade start the match. Uh, Teddy Hart goes to do a moonsault to the outside, eats shit in the moonsault, and then just says, like, I can't wrestle anymore. I broke my ankle. (laughs) Um, Now, myself and uh, Chandler Biggins were absolutely 100% convinced that Teddy Hart was faking a broken ankle. Now, Chandler was going a little bit more outrageous with it, but I was just saying that Teddy Hart is the type of guy who would do something like that to fake a broken ankle to get a payday. And there's the there's the thing that, like, the guy will do when he comes into the town. He'll have the match with the guy and actually complete the match, put the guy over, get on the mic and be like, hey, don't you guys want to see us run this back again? And the crowd pops, and he goes backstage and tells the promoter, you hear that reaction I got out there? You should certainly bring me back. And that's how they get themselves booked. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Teddy Hart, on the other hand, was like, no, you know, I, I, I when I get better, I'll come back, uh, you know, and I'll, I'll wave my fee. And it, like he, he still got paid for this. If you go back and listen to the <laughs> AIW podcast, uh, episode 18, uh, all the way back in the archives, uh, it's the episode where John and Chandler talk about this incident happening, happening and you, you 
really should watch the show. And if you watch the show, you absolutely have to listen to that episode of the podcast because it's amazing. <laughs> okay. All right. Also on this day in wrestling history, a lot of times I'm like, oh, we're going to go with the air date of something as opposed to the taping date. Uh, but in 1999, uh, ECW held a TV taping uh, for their first live episode of ECW on TNN. Uh, it was from the Elks Lodge in Queens, New York. More importantly, this was the ECW return of Raven. Oh, Raven. Uh, ah, the boss, Raven. Yes, yes, Scotty. Uh, where he does the, de- and like this, one of those things that's burned in my mind, again, being such a huge Raven fan, and there was inklings on the internet that he was going to be making his return, and the Dudleys were leaving to go to WWF, and they win the titles, and Dreamer comes out because he's the heart, well, at this time, he was still the heart and soul of ECW. Um, until Broski beat him years later. Um, <laughs> so they start beating up on Ray, or they start beating up on Dreamer. And they start getting the advantage, or Dreamer starts making his own comeback, but he gets cut off. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Raven comes in through the crowd. Him and Dream, him and Dreamer kind of like bump back to back. They double DDT the Dudleys. Referee counts the pin. And then Dreamer realizes that he's now tag team champions in ECW with his mortal enemy. And that shot of Raven holding the belt and kind of like pointing at him and dreamer and then mm-hmm. rolling out of the ring within like the TNN open for like the entire part of the show. Yeah. I don't know if it was just because at the time in 1999, I was getting like wrestling fatigue. I know that seems impossible, you know, coming from me, such a huge sure. wrestling fan, or if I just couldn't find TNN or didn't have it, but I might've seen two episodes of ECW on TNN, like in its entirety. And I only saw this like years after it happened. Okay. See, Cause I, I was watching. Exactly. Yeah, I was watching, but I wasn't watching the same way that I was watching like 94 to 98 ECW at this yeah. time. Because I know that you were saying that wrestling fatigue and like WCW was like on its deathbed almost, but like 99, like match quality doesn't hold up, but it was one of the hottest periods in WWF, you know? Yeah. I was definitely watching WWF, but I feel like, as you said, you know, WCW was great for a laugh and ECW, just all the people that I knew and loved for the most part were getting replaced with like Rhino and Carino and stuff like that. And I, I just wasn't there for it, you know? I get you. I get you. Uh, but most importantly, most notably on this date in wrestling history, Adam, 30 years ago, the SummerSlam was held at Madison Square Garden, the match made in heaven and the match made in hell as Ultimate Warrior and Hulk Hogan teamed up to take on the Triangle of Terror, Sergeant Slaughter, General Adnan, and figure trade bait himself, Colonel (laughs) Mustafa, with Sid Justice as the special guest referee. Uh, I would say outside of one match on this card, this is like top to bottom, one of the best WF pay-per-views of this era. Yeah, and remember that when I assigned this as homework a couple months ago. You know, you I, assigned, right. I assigned good stuff. Right. Uh, you know, Nasty Boys versus Legion of Doom is great. Virgil versus DiBiase is great. Um, you know, Boss Man versus the Mountie is great. Uh, Earthquake and Typhoon against the Bushwhackers is what it is. Uh, Erwin R. Scheister versus Greg Valentine, also what it is, that OX man is really good as well. Uh, but obviously, the most notable thing that comes out of this pay-per-view, Adam, for the Intercontinental title, Mr. Perfect defends against the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be, Brett the Hitman Hart. And I know when you would assign this a couple months ago, I'm like, 
This match is all right. Oh, it's not as good as I think as everybody remembers. But it's like historically, like this is the moment that like Brett became like a single star. Yeah. And, and even me not knowing anything about technical wrestling or I just knew as an 11 year old that that match was different than every other match on the card. Yeah. It it, it meant something, you know, like it had a different feel to it. Uh, you know, it was kind of like an elevation even of the Intercontinental title, which kind of sort of didn't have like it did a little bit. Like in the 80s when like Tito lost it to Macho and then Macho lost it to Steamboat at WrestleMania. But like, you know, they'd always say like, oh, the Intercontinental title is the workers title, you know? Yeah. Uh, But then like it goes like to Honky, to Warrior, to Rude, back to Warrior. Then there's the tournament that Perfect wins. They do the flip flop with Tornado. Perfect gets it back. And then here we are. And, uh, yeah, like I said, this was the elevation finally, like after like two previous aborted singles, uh, push attempts for Brett, this is the one that finally took. And, uh, you know, if you love Bret Hart, like everyone in the world does, like this is the pay-per-view, man. This is where it all happens. <laughs> what if you just kind of like Bret Hart? Uh, then you have to watch this twice and three other matches I assign. Oh, um, so but, that but I love Bret Hart. Yes. Okay. There you go. That's what I thought. Uh, also on this day uh, was SummerSlam 2007 uh, from East Rutherford, New Jersey, but I didn't include it in the notes because the card sucked shit. <laughs> like, there's a world title match of Batista against the Great Kali. Do I need oh. to really go any further into... What a work rate match there. Yeah. <laughs> it was your work rate match, for sure. <laughs> All right. So, again, busy day in wrestling history. Go check out that AIW show. Um, but let's get into what we liked and didn't like from the last seven days in the world of professional wrestling here, Adam. All right. I'm going to go with a dislike and that is from SummerSlam this past weekend. It seems like forever ago, Joe, but, uh, SummerSlam was this past Saturday and we had scheduled in a match Bianca Belair defending against, uh, anti-vaxxer Sasha Banks, who was pulled at the last minute and replaced with Carmella. And then, obviously, we had the triumphant return of Becky Lynch, which in and of itself obviously would be a likable thing. Uh, But then Becky goes and squashes Bianca in, like, two seconds with, like, a headbutt and, like, a rock bottom, and that's it. And uh, it kind of fucked over Bianca. And I get it. Bianca does not equal Becky Lynch, but you're trying to build stars, so maybe let them have a competitive match. Doesn't have to be a 20-minute classic, but... uh, Five minutes, eight minutes, you know, something to make Bianca not look like a chump. And uh, I'm sure people will say, oh, well, you know, Bianca was shocked and she's playing it off as, you know, she wasn't prepared for this. But, man, like they they just love tearing people down so they can build them back up for no good reason. But, yeah, so I am putting in the return of Becky Lynch in my dislikes strictly because of the way that they handled Bianca. Okay. So I have to do things this way, okay? Uh, So uh, this crosses over with one of my likes uh, (laughs) because I loved seeing the return of Becky Lynch. Uh, Becky Lynch was a huge superstar, uh, essentially the female Stone Cold or whatever it was, the first legitimate star that WWE has made, kicking and screaming, if you will, um, in the last five years, let's say. The crowd reaction was great. It was great hearing her music she comes out the whole thing was awesome but then we roll over into one of my dislikes and it's the match itself Mm -hmm. 
um, myself and Marcus were talking uh, after it happened that you could have did the thing where even you have um, Bianca, like, let's say she goes, like, you know, obviously Sasha's not there. We don't even acknowledge. I, I let her go off to Hollywood. Let her being an anti-vaxxer be Hollywood's problem, not the World Wrestling Entertainment or the fans' problem. And, you know, you do the thing where Selena Vega and Carmella come out and Bianca squashes them both two on one. And there's rumor and innuendo that uh, Becky is going to be positioned as a heel, whatever that means in 2021 professional wrestling. Um, whether they actually pull the trigger on it, we'll find out this Friday. Um so Bianca afterwards cuts like not really a heel promo, but kind of quasi heel promo that she alludes that she scared off Sasha Banks. She just beat the top two contenders, you know, in a handicap match, essentially. What else is there left for her to do? Hit Becky's music. Becky comes out and uh, Bianca could even be like, oh, what are you here to congratulate me? And Becky's like, no, I'm here to take your belt. Stare down pull apart, and then there's your build to the next pay-per-view instead of blowing it off here. Um, obviously, I would assume that whatever happened with Sasha is why they hot shot of the belt to Becky. Uh, there was a million things that they could have done other than what they did. Yeah. yeah it just, I mean, it just, it, they're trying, or at least in my mind, you're trying to build Bianca Belair up as an equal to your Charlottes, to your Sashas, to your Beckys, you know, and that's not doing doesn't do any service to it is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right. So that was one of your likes. The it was Becky a like Lynch and comment. a dislike. Oh, so you blew through two of them. Yes, sir. All right. Again, well, the whole show is a collapsible segment. Yeah, we're just we're ripping right through this. We'll be in weekly purchases anytime now. Uh, all right. I'm going to do a like, Joe. And I'm going to preface this by saying that, th- that this is in my likes more specifically because I did not see SmackDown. Until after I saw SummerSlam. Excuse me. So I did not see any of the Edge Seth Rollins stuff on SmackDown. So for my first like this week, I am talking about when Edge came out with the Brood theme song. Because that popped the shit out of me. Because I, again, I didn't see that he also did it on SmackDown. So just the the flames and how they kind of made it look like he rose up from the ground. He had the glasses on, was doing a little bit of the bob. Uh, I am here for all of that. I, I absolutely love the entrance and I, the match versus Rollins was probably the best match of the pay-per-view, but it's in my likes because of the, the brood entrance. Uh, like uh, the brood music is always going to get, get a pop for me and, uh, calling it a brood bath instead of a blood bath. Shines such a light on us being in the PG era. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> it's a good thing is that Edge didn't spray the red viscous fluid in Seth's face. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, so I'll go with another like, obviously, since uh, you know, saving a dislike for you know whatever reason to be last. Oh, um, from NXT Takeover 36, uh, I really like the Walter versus the uh, Ilya Dragunov match. Uh, for a title for a promotion that apparently is real, I don't know. Um, I don't know why these two big, why these two dudes were uh, clattering the fuck out of each other, but I loved it very much. 
<laughs> uh, you know, I like all kinds of wrestling. I like goofing around. I like having fun. Uh, but I also like two dudes just beating the piss out of each other for no reason. Uh, I was out to eat with my 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 wife and kids yesterday. I forget how it even came up, but uh, my kids like wrestling's stupid. Every time you are watching it, somebody's always getting every match. Somebody's getting bloodied and beaten open. It made me think of that match. And as he was coming in to say good night uh, last night, was literally the moment where uh, Orange Cassidy exploded Matt Hardy's face. <laughs> and I'm like, buddy, you're proving it right. I don't know. You're you're causing more people to get busted open, but. Uh, Walter versus uh, Dragunov was really, really good. Yeah, probably best match of that show. You know, NXT yes. TakeOver. I have nothing else from TakeOver to discuss on this. But, uh, yeah, I agree. And I've said before that, like, even if all of Walter's offense is just slapping somebody in the chest, he somehow manages to make it compelling, <laughs> you know? So, yeah, good match. All right, I'm going to go with the dislike. And, Joe, again, speaking of ancient history, an entire week ago tonight on Impact Wrestling, there was a huge return that didn't get a lot of press. Uh, uh, The return of one of the biggest names in women's wrestling. And this was her first televised match in God knows how long. And, of course, I'm talking about the return of Brandi Lauren. And uh, the reason why this is in my dislikes is her her return was ruined by the fact that she lost to, let me see what it says in my notes, Melina, whoever that is. Come on, Impact, you can do better. You need to treat a returning legend better than that. Hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Um, All right. You don't agree, so we'll just move on. <laughs> I. So I'll say, I'll, how about I say this? Yes. Uh, I get Brandy Lauren, but I don't get Brandy Lauren. You follow what I'm saying? All right. Fair enough. <laughs> like, I understand why you and the rest of the red-blooded male world gets it. <laughs> big fan of her Twitch stream. That's all it is. Oh, yeah. You're a big gamer, huh? I'm a big Twitch viewer gamer type yeah, person. Yeah, sure. I have all the subs and the, the, the bots and the bits and stuff. <laughs> So, um, my final dislike okay. is from uh, Tuesday, uh, a promotion that we've mentioned before here on the show. Uh, primarily, they do deathmatchy stuff, but they're always in the plugs for uh, Jerry's Internet Wrestling Emporium, and that would be ICW No Holds Barred. They'd announced uh, a match on an upcoming event. That was going to see Jimmy Jacobs taking on someone by the name of Nolan Edward. Now, Adam, I don't expect you to know who Nolan Edward is. I've heard the name, but no clue. Okay, right. So, um, Nolan Edward um, was uh, five months ago or so. uh, It came out that he was um, mentally abusive to his girlfriend uh, for a very long time. And also, she was still in high school when he was in his mid to late 20s. Okay. Um, he admitted it, made no apologies, and it kind of just got swept under the rug. Uh, he'd popped up on a couple shows here and there for GCW in the last couple months. Uh, but because this announcement happened at a prime time on Tuesday... Uh, you know, mid-afternoon, let's say, it was probably like around like four or five o'clock or so, 
Um, and a lot of people start tweeting back at it, right? And uh, here's the statement that ICW put out, which they have since deleted. And I'll say nothing is deleted. Hmm. Um, we would like to take time to address the concerns that came from our late fight announcement. Please understand that we have had discussions and looked further into allegations than what is available in a Twitter search or screenshots. We respect our fans and the community too much to do anything without performing our own due diligence. It's not our place to clarify or share personal information that those involved don't want to share. We apologize if you feel it isn't enough and respect your right to disagree. To which um, everyone tweeted back at them, Nolan Edwards' admission of doing these things, and the girl's father started tweeting at them as well. Uh, essentially to clarify, Nolan is a bad person. I don't think he should be booked, but he's definitely not a pedophile because he waited until my daughter was 18 before he started dating her. Hmm. And, uh, wouldn't you know it, once Jerry got out of his real world meeting and could deal with these people who cock off and say these things when they know Jerry's doing adult things... <laughs> uh surprisingly this this match got unbooked and all those screenshots got deleted. Mm-hmm. So I will say to you, um again, I'm very much on the uh tertiary outsides of the world of professional wrestling, but the few toes that I keep in the business, uh I definitely think it's because these folks run by me because I'm kind of sort of up on all the people who are uh up to these wrongdoings just because I have to be. Yeah. Um, so something pops up like this and, you know, you could avoid this sort of Twitter shitstorm. And I will say this, I don't, I barely know who Nolan Edward is. You don't know who Nolan Edward is as a promotion. Even if there's the slightest inkling of impropriety, why bother? And a lot, and I'm not condoning saying book abusers and book, you know, uh, people who allegedly are pedophiles or whatever it is, I say don't book them at all. But it's the brother-brother system in wrestling, and they're going to get booked regardless. But when you write that match down, and you film that vignette, and you make that match graphic, think to yourself, before you hit send, is this person a big enough of a star that I can deal with whatever shitstorm that's going to bring? More times than not, it's it's not worth it. So don't do it. Stop doing it. But promotions, for the most part, are never going to learn. And I'm painting a lot of promotions with a brush right now, okay? Yeah. Um, You know, when that promotion in New Jersey was going to book Velveteen Dream, I was the first one to be all over them. And again, those that promotion knew exactly what they were doing. And I'll say this, that promotion did take Velveteen Dream off the books. And they ended up booking Brian Myers instead. Brian's a friend of mine. That promotion has blocked me, so there's really nothing I can do about it. Yeah. But I'm aware that Brian is booked as the replacement for the company that was going to book Velveteen Dream. A huge upgrade in every way imaginable. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. But like I said, I, I just think that a lot of these folks, and I, I feel bad, Jerry, and again, I'm not putting any blame on Jerry, but I would say, um, you know, 
known Jerry for the better part of 20 years. And there are people out there that have personal grudges and vendettas and beefs with Jerry and like to blame shit like this that happens on Jerry. There's literally hundreds of promotions that have shows currently on IWTV. Um, and Jerry, do- Jerry is one man. And he does delegate a lot of the other responsibility to a lot of other people. But when shit like this happens, so many people are just ready to blame Jerry. And I always say, look at the time that these announcements are coming out. Jerry has a Jerry runs another very successful company in the northeastern Pennsylvania area on top of internetwrestling.tv that has many employees and many moving parts and so on and so forth. And a lot of times I think when these companies do these things like this, it's they know that Jerry's unavailable in the hopes that he'll miss something like this happening. Yeah, that's shitty. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously, and, uh, and I guess another part of this was everyone then decided like, oh, we're going to bring up Dan Maff as well. Didn't Dan Maff do something like this? And this is how, unfortunately, a lot of stuff like this happens. Dan Moff was a big part of Ring of Honor back in 2004. And there were allegations that were brought up against Dan Moff of being a pedophile. So he was blacklisted from the indies for a very long time because the allegations were coming from Homicide. Then years later, Dan Moff came back in and Homicide said, oh yeah, he wasn't. And I don't, I didn't really know what a pedophile was at the time. I just heard people saying it. So I just said, that's what he was. So that story, because it was huge at the time in 2004, people still think that that's the thing that it is in 2021. (laughs) Like I said, everyone wants to jump out with the pitchforks and, and I, I would, there's only a few people that I would specifically call clout chasers, but a lot of times before you go and you cock off yourself as a fan as another worker, as a whomever, do your due diligence, look into the stuff, make sure you know what you're saying, and make sure you know who you're endorsing. I see so many people out here, it's like, oh, I feel bad that I can't endorse so-and-so now, and then 20 minutes later, they're endorsing someone. And I'm like, don't you as a fan, another worker, don't you learn your own lesson? Yeah, I mean, I've said this before. I said it when we were talking about Velveteen Dream a couple of weeks ago is there's there's no shortage of wrestlers out there. You know, if you're a booker or a fan just looking for some way to cheer for, you know, or as the boar says, there's no shortage of like tiny theater geeks out there, you know, for you to be a fan of. Uh, I, I don't know why, you know, the same suspect people need to even be given consideration for booking, but uh, whatever. It's not my decision. Yeah, I don't know. That just really, uh, really pissed me off. Yeah. Now, Joe, I have to apologize to you. Normally, uh, you know, when you get on your rants, it's the last thing. But uh, I still have a like left. Oh, shit. I thought you burned through all your likes. No, no. You had a couple doubles and triples in there. And uh, I'm just going to take this one as politically correct as possible. I'm going to I'm going to tiptoe a little bit, Joe. Just so that, you know, everybody, everybody's okay when I'm done with it. I'm going to say that for my final like, uh, there was an AEW show last Friday 
there was a return of somebody. And I will say that my like was watching the crowd reaction to that and just the pop of it. And, uh, you know, I, it probably would have been awesome to be in that crowd, especially if you are a fan of that person. Uh, so it was just a really great television moment as a non-biased wrestling fan, uh, regardless of what was said in the promo by that person. I don't know. That's not why it's in my likes, but the return in and of itself and the fact that it was done right off the bat, they didn't wait until it was like right after a jungle boy segment and they didn't go and have MJF come out there and sprawl with them verbally. They just let this guy go out there and do this thing and let the fans get what they want. So the way it was presented is why it's in my likes. So I'll say this. I do appreciate you taking my feelings into consideration here. <laughs> um, obviously, in the last 153 episodes of this show, uh, you know, we've we've handled this person a certain way and treated this person a certain way. And some would say rightfully so. And uh, you say from your non-biased perspective. And I will say from my very biased perspective, right? Uh, the return of CM Punk on AEW Dynamite or uh, Rampage this week was a pretty goddamn cool moment. Yeah. Um, I'll I, I'll never be a fan of the guy. I can never be a fan of the guy. Um, you know I you know let's let's not say that the promo that he cut on Wednesday was more or less the same promo he cut on Friday. But I'm not the one saying that. How um, do they get I it? don't. I don't. Well, I guess when you're <laughs> copying your own homework just on a different <laughs> night, I guess it counts. Uh, but it was a super cool moment, whether you were there live, whether you were watching at home. Um, I'm well aware that I'm in the mo- minority when it comes to punk. I'm well aware of that. And I ain't going to change. You ain't going to change me. He ain't going to change me. That the horse is out of the barn on that one. That ain't going back in. But obviously, as a wrestling fan, I could absolutely see an awesome moment, a memorable moment that's going to be talked about for years to come. Yeah. And uh, just uh, speaking of the repeat promo that was on Wednesday, it got a little bit of a nod to your favorite wrestler, American Dragon, maybe coming soon. Right, right. Um, That was a little pop there, too. Yeah, uh, of course. I think that was, well, again, I have my theories on why and what and everything else that was done there. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said, uh, kudos to you, CM Punk fans. I'm glad you got your super cool moment. Um, obviously there's a difference between seven years and seven months, but, uh, my cool moments coming next month. So you guys have you, I got mine coming. (laughs) They could both be cool moments. You can have them both. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) All right. That's all the likes and dislikes. That's all the likes and dislikes. No pay-per-view this week. And it's my turn to assign homework, right? Yeah. And I, I think, like, I was looking at the email that you sent me, Jonah. There's got to be a typo in here because these letters don't make sense in this order. Yeah. So uh, we're taking a break from Chikara stuff. Um, That's going to get put on the back burner because I need more time to kind of piece out some of these shows because I think up to... King of Trios, which isn't that far away. Like, I am i can't have you watch all three nights of King of Trios. I can't have you watch, like, the four shows that come up. I just got to find the right matches and promos and everything else and put that together for you. And I need time to do that. And I'll have about two weeks with uh, AEW pay-per-view next week and you assigning homework the week after. 
So this week's homework is the Friday night live stream on independentwrestling.tv of AIW's A Touch of Evil. Whether you're watching live or you're watching the replay, that'll go up almost immediately afterwards. Hashtag AIW Evil. Hell of a card the Cleveland Territory has put together for this this Friday night. <laughs> uh, we got the Bitcoin Boys taking on the main event. We've got bulking season with uh, Adam's uh, drinking and smoking buddy, uh, <laughs> Arthur MacArthur, taking on in- to infinity and beyond. Uh, we got Tom Lawler taking on Ethan Wright. We've got Lee Moriarty taking on Chase Oliver, uh, which can be a hell of a match. We got Mance Warner taking on Kaplan, which is going to be a spectacle. <laughs> uh, Levi Everett taking on Matt Justice, which is also going to be a spectacle of a different kind. Uh, but I would say the double main events would be Derek Dillinger taking on Daniel Hausen. I think <laughs> that's how you say his name. I think so. And uh, Joshua Bishop. Uh, the man who Broski fears defending the AIW in absolute and intense titles against one half of the Philly Marino connection, Philadelphia Collins. <laughs> well, I hope Josh Bishop doesn't lose that because uh, lose those titles because, you know, Broski's coming to call in a couple months. <laughs> yeah, Broski's calling, but I don't think uh, no, what you ask for a text, he's not going to give you his cell phone number. <laughs> Even though he's emailing you from his phone. Anyway, it's yeah. a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I was going to say, Josh is a weird dude, but I think Broski's a different caliber. <laughs> All right. I- I'm excited to, to watch something different. Uh, and this, you said, is Friday night? Friday night, baby. Beetlejuice, mm. baby. Friday night. Hey, what's up, brother? <laughs> Uh, that is at 7.30. Now, also that night, rolling right into the plugs, uh, you know, they're doing the double stream on Friday night. PWF, uh, Colby Carino's 25th birthday show is happening, uh, with a main event of Colby Carino taking on his father, current NXT agent Steve Carino. Okay. Um, that's kind of head-to-head with the AIW show, but like I said... AIW show, watch the live stream. You could watch the uh, Colby versus Dad match uh, Saturday morning over breakfast. <laughs> we'll see if I can watch the AIW live. I don't know what I got going on. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be watch. I'm gonna be out, so I'm gonna catch it live when I can. You know, I'm gonna catch as much of it live as I can. I'm gonna be getting home late uh, Friday. I got business to take care of, out of town business. Oh, oh, yeah. making towns. Uh, just one. You heard it here. Joe's hitting the road again. Send all booking requests to themanadamvan at gmail.com. What? <laughs> Wait a minute. You're my booking agent, and then somehow I'm Mantis's booking agent, but he's been, take, he's been taking bookings without me getting my 55%. I don't like any of this. Uh, we'll make sure it's all, all evenly distributed. All right. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned, of course, uh, a bunch of times here, Internet Wrestling uh, Emporium, independentwrestling.tv. Uh, whether it be this live stream, whether it be that AIW show I mentioned before, or all sorts of stuff, uh, use our promo code for a new subscriber at odds. Doesn't get you anything extra, but it just tells Jerry that you came through us. He knows that you came through us. Uh, also, in the show notes to every single one of the episodes is the link to our T Public store. You can also find that at tinyurl.com slash longboxheroes to the mothership. 
where you can get a bunch of uh, designs inspired by At Odds with Wrestling, Longbox Heroes, Longbox Heroes After Dark, Final Wrestling Place, The Forthcoming, Hit My Music from the Jingle Meister, David Kincannon. And you can get those things on shirts and cell phone covers and throw pillows and notebooks and all sorts of things there. Uh, also, you could find our affiliate link for Amazon. Uh, you know, make any and all of your purchases through that. Does not cost you anything extra. Uh, it, they, Amazon calls it an advertising fee because if it was not for this show, you would not know that they exist. I call it the thing that makes ha- Adam happy at the end of the month when he gets his cut of the fucking money. Yeah. yeah. Uh, notable purchases, uh, through the click through this week is someone purchased an AMD Ryzen 9590X 16 core 32 thread unlocked desktop processor. I think that's some sort of computer or something. That's a motherfucking big-ass computer. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what the hell that is. Uh, But again, you know, I'll I'll just pick a random thing. I'll read that off if that was you tweeted us, and we'll say, we'll give you the appropriate thank you thumbs up from there. And uh, lastly, but not leastly, over at Longbox Heroes every year for the last couple years, uh, we've been doing through the uh, the ESPN website the Pigskin Pick'ems. It's just a straight line. Uh, you know, no picking, you know, no spread, no nothing like that. Excuse me. Um, we've been doing it there for the last couple of years. We get a lot of people from some of the other shows on there. I meant to mention it last week so folks would have a little bit more time. Uh, but I'll include the link to that directly and how you can sign up and find the Longbox Heroes group uh, so that you can compare your football picking skills against such people like me who don't know nothing about no football. <laughs> Yeah, and obviously I'll be in, and I haven't I haven't signed up yet. I got to do it as soon as we're off the air here. Todd from Longbox Heroes is on there. Uh, we're hoping to get you know from past years. We had Marcus and Tim from Final Wrestling Place. Uh, I, I don't know if they signed up yet. I hope Tim signed up because maybe this can be an opportunity for him to actually beat me because God knows he can't do it on a draft show. But uh, I think everybody should go ahead and sign up for this. I think it's it's a good time. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's another way to, you know, I know there's a lot of other people that do their uh, big football pools and everything else like that. This is just something a little fun that we do amongst the network shows and everything like that. Uh, So definitely check that out as well. Uh, Adam, anything else to plug here before we go to uh, weekly purchases? Yeah, absolutely. I'll just go ahead and tell everybody again about all the other podcasts that they should listen to. Uh, And these include Longbox Heroes. Longbox Heroes After Dark, We Need Wrestling, Porch Talk, Wrestling Cheers, Between the Sheets, The House Show Podcast, Viewer's Choice, Pod Van Dam, Hellions Talks, which came back with a new episode this week. Check that out. Uh, the A Show, not, again, another ep- another podcast that came back with a new episode this week. Uh, Hit My Music, coming soon. IWTV Guide, check out my appearance that'll be recording this upcoming week. And lastly, we just mentioned before, Final Wrestling Place, uh, a great, great podcast where I live in Tim's head for about an hour and a half to two hours every week. You came on here last week and shamed a bunch of shows that were taking their taking time off for whatever reasons they were taking time off. And then you shamed them back into existence. <laughs> I have that much influence in the podcasting world, apparently. Apparently, yes. <laughs> uh, and speaking of bones to pick, I already freaking tweeted it out but uh i listened to the a show this week 
And the wild card round was just called the wild card round. They didn't name it after me. And I, they say it's because they're rusty and they haven't recorded in a couple of weeks. But uh, come on, man. I paid good money for the, the, the name rights for that round. <laughs> Did the check not clear? I was gonna say I was gonna I'll give them uh the benefit of the doubt and say it was because they've been off for a couple of weeks. Uh, um but next week no excuse. Better mention you by name right at the top of the show and an apology. Oh, all right, good. <laughs> but yeah, that's everything for the main show, Joe. All right, so let's get into uh, weekly purchases. I'm sure Adam has at least double digits worth, not money spent, <laughs> but actual, like, uh, you know, uh, items purchased, you know? Quantity of items, yes. Yeah. Yeah, now I said last week, Joe, that uh, this week's weekly purchases would be smaller in quantity and higher in quality. Um, well, I did manage to buy... And I'll, I'll get to it in a minute or two, that high, the big boy purchase item. But I also did buy a bunch of inexpensive stuff, too. So I'll throw out a couple, and I'm sure you have hopefully a purchase or two. Uh, so I will say first things first, I don't know if you saw in the major pod group, but uh, one of the major marks, Josh Blevins, I believe, uh, makes magnets, you know, like out of his home. And he has like a, a company called Blevins Magnets, but he made magnets of broski and myers with card backs that kind of look like hasbro's i don't know if you saw those yeah okay so they were limited to 85 they looked really cool they were very inexpensive so i was like ah, what the hell so i picked up a pair of those but they came pretty quick they look awesome uh right now i just kind of have them in my detolf because they look more like a toy than anything else but if i run out of space i'll probably throw them on my fridge um the next thing is We've been talking a lot and a lot over the last couple of weeks about the Target Legends figures. Uh, I did manage to buy a Series 11 Legends Bam Bam from uh, the Target website. You know, it's just if it's one of those things where if you save them in your watch list and just kind of make it a point every couple hours to go and check, you're you're more likely than not going to see them be in stock at least at one point. So I got the Bam Bam Bigelow. And in order to get free shipping, as I often do, I always buy something that I'm kind of on the fence about just so I can get the free shipping. But I bought the ring cart Macho Man figure to go along with the Andre one that I got a couple weeks ago, just so I can get free shipping on the Bam Bam. Right. That's how they always get you with that free shipping, you know. Yeah. I'd rather spend, you know, 20 bucks on a figure and, you know rather than like $6 on shipping, you know what I'm saying? Because in my mind, I'm getting the figure for like 14 bucks, if that sure. makes any sense. But, uh, and the last thing I got before, I'll throw it over to you, just because sometimes, Joe, this is the toy friendship and not the toy business, but I managed to pick up a comma elite this week and I sent that along to our good buddy, Marcus, because I know he said on his podcast this week that he was looking for it. So I hooked him up. Yeah, I think you found the sweet spot of the uh, Target Walmart in your area of the uh, day that the stuff is typically available. Yeah, it depends on like what it is that uh, I'm looking for. I still have yet to find, um, you know, like any of the legends in store. But you know, no problem with you know the for whatever reason the commas, the Mustafas. I don't know, but that that I. That comma I found in Tunkhannock, and you know, obviously most people listening to this don't know, but that's a pretty remote location. 
but it's on my sweep when I'm doing my my doll safari, you know? Yeah, but it was like two Tuesdays in a row where I think you hit the jackpot on stuff, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I'm out more. I, I strike out more often than I succeed. Mm-hmm. All right, what do you got? So I sent you in the chat a picture that I tweeted out maybe about four months ago. Ooh, let me see. I'm just hoping I don't close Skype by opening this. Let's oh. see. Uh, all right, so I am seeing uh, here's my two. One for day-to-day, the other for fancy occasions. These are apparently pairs of sneakers. Right. So if you see the ones on the left there, they're kind of a little threadbare in a little bit, starting to break through a bit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Although they're under a lot of pressure. They are under a lot of pressure, right? Because they don't sell the 15s in, like, normal, you know, whatever colors. Or, like, I can get away with a 13, but they start getting a little bit beaten up. And then when I have to, like, get an actual, like, 14 or 15, they'll colors are limited to either white or gray but mm-hmm. those ones that you're seeing there like pretty much fell apart like this week so i did have to plunk down my twice a year or like uh my bi-yearly every two years sixty dollars <laughs> to bear buy a new pair of chucks okay yeah. yeah i'm the same way i have to buy sneakers on the internet because i'm size 15 and uh, uh, so it's like here's your two choices which one would you like because it's always just you know, the, the lamest of selections. Yeah. And, and so that's the thing, you know, um, it, if, you know, obviously there's people who are more shoesy than me when it comes to this sort of thing, but. Oh, there's some like the worst. (laughs) Right. Um, but different shoe manufacturers sizes run differently. You know, a 16 in Nike isn't a 16 in Reebok or a 16 in, you know, Converse leather versus Converse canvas aren't the same, you know, um, and a lot of times you just have to try them on. And like I said, I can get away with a 13 and the Chuck Taylors, but my toe, like after like six months, my toe literally starts poking through the top of them. <laughs> um, well, that's because your toes all go in weird directions though. Right. I'm not club footed, you <laughs> jackass, but <laughs> no, but I, I, if I, if I spend the extra, whatever, and let's say I can get a pair of 13s for like 40 bucks, right? Yeah. But then I typically got to replace them in like six to eight months because they just start the top just starts ripping off. Yeah. Um, but like I said, if it's a leather sneaker, you know, depending on the manufacturer, forget about it. It's not even hill worth climbing. Um, if it's a dress shoe, like I said, it's usually like a 16 plus unless I can find like a place that has wides and then I can get away with a 15. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, buying sneakers and shoes for me is a, is an ordeal. That's why I hate it. <laughs> Yeah, same. All right. Uh, a couple other quick things, and then uh, I'll throw it back to you if you have anything else. Uh, just... I, I, we, have, we have a discussion. We have a oh. discussion. We had an off-air discussion a couple of weeks ago, oh. but now there's a timetable on one of the other discussions that I need to have with you. All right, then. All right. So my final purchases. Uh, just earlier today, you might have seen this tweeted out uh, by other parties, but uh, there was a Funko pop pre-order announced for a walmart exclusive the fiend figure did you see this oh christmas fiend yes christmas fiends because nothing screams christmas like the fiend um but i was just like all right i obviously uh even though i am in the process of dwindling down my pop collection you know i'm in, i'm on a purge uh but uh you know i had to take the opportunity to buy uh, a fiend christmas themed funko pop so i ordered that um, I did order the Amazon exclusive 
Ultimate Edition WrestleMania Six Ultimate Warrior that went up for pre-order today. The one with the two different championship belts. It was showing off at San Diego, but uh, the pre-orders went live for today. And I'm pretty much all in on most elites now. I've been buying a lot of them. Uh, or not elites, I'm sorry, ultimates. Uh, because, you know, if Broski tells me it's a good investment, then I have to believe him. So, uh, But <laughs> the Warrior one's pretty cool, so I got that. Um, and I also picked up earlier in the week, you had... Uh, mentioned this in the group chat but uh, i did pull the trigger on the one of 300 francine micro brawler so uh, i'm very excited to get that i was in the very short window before pro wrestling t's website crashed for the 80th time this week but uh you know you gotta have francine you know shout out to my buddy marcus but uh (laughs) this this francine might be up for sale later we are back to the toy business on this one um but lastly, Joe, I do have one last purchase before we go to your discussion. And that is, I've been talking about this for months and months and months and months and months. Seems like ever since the very beginning when we invented the weekly purchase segment of podcasts, right. I, I've been talking about wanting this and I finally pulled the trigger. I, I, I went and talked to my buddy, Edward Bay, and I said, uh, I just want a mint in box, pristine with eight sharp corners and sealed original tape. I don't want this figure to have ever been seen by the light of day. I got a Slim Jim Macho Man figure. Ooh, yeah. Original tape is big, I guess, huh? Yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, uh, I, I don't know if we talked about it on the pod, but, like, friend of the show, Justin Summers, he'd always, like, even before I was in the major pod group, he'd be like, hey, this person's selling this one in the group for, you know, this really good price or this really good price. And they were always, there was always something that I didn't like about them. Like there was, I don't know if you saw, it kind of has like a red slip box to make it look like a Slim Jim box. Yeah. And you can just pop the tab open at the top and slide the figure case out, which is what most reasonable people do because the figure itself is still sealed in the inner shell. But that box flap at the top is uh, originally taped sealed. So I wanted one that was still sealed. So like every one that I was shown, okay, this one's not sealed, but the box is mint. Or this one, it's still sealed, but there's like a little ding on it. So I scoured eBay until I found the one that met my uh, prerequisites and, you know, I was happy with. And I worked out a deal ski with the seller. Uh, I will tell you, I paid a little bit of a dummy tax uh, over the price of the one that was at Toy Hio. You know, Toy Hio was one that met all of my, my check boxes and... I should have just bought it then, but, uh, you know, whatever. I paid a couple bucks extra, but I have it now. It's in my Detolf. Uh, I'm happy to finally check that off my list because I think since I went full Toy Boy, you know, many months ago, that was always at the top of my list, and I can check it off now. It's good to get a Grail figure like that, you know? Yeah, and it's not even like a super expensive figure. But, you know, it's not like a $20 peg warmer or anything like that. But it was just, you know, I wanted specific, you know, things in the figure. And that's that's what held me up on it, you know? Well, again, there's no reason that you should... Uh, what's the word? If it's something that you really want like that, right? Yeah. There's no reason that you should settle for anything less. Yeah. And especially we're not talking like, oh, well... A, a, a decent one is a hundred bucks, but the one in my condition that I want is a thousand. Like that'd be crazy. You know, we're, we're talking maybe, 
you know, the difference of 100 to like 170 or 100 to 150, you know, not much of a swing, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's worth it for peace of mind. But that's all I got for purchases. Okay. So my last one is a discussion. So, oh, you know what? I had remarks to make about the other thing. So uh, you were talking about your fiend, uh, your Christmas fiend Funko Pop. Yes. Now it's a pre-order and it Uh claims that it will arrive by December 22nd. (laughs) Just in time Uh, for Christmas. Yes. I don't believe it. (laughs) No, of course not. Not with Walmart. And it comes with like the Funko protector. Yeah, so a lot of the Walmart exclusives and Target exclusives have started to be shipped. Like, if you go to Target right now, there are these, like, Marvel art series Target exclusive Captain America pops that instead of sitting on the shelf in the cardboard box, they're already inside of the hard shell. And then the hard shell is, like, cellophane shut. So, like, you don't have a choice to buy the pop without buying that protector as well. So, a lot of the exclusives are starting to go that route at Walmarts and at Target. Right. So, that was going to be my question is, is with it coming with the protector, is that going to be, like, the protector around a normal, what you would see in your mind or your head is a normal Funko box? Yeah, it's it's 100% a normal box. Like I said, this has not... It's becoming more and more widespread over the last couple months, but I do have uh, at least two Funkos in my collection that, uh, you know, if you put it to this way, like your average exclusive at a store, if it's Walmart, it might be 10 bucks. If it's, you know, Hot Topic, it might be 13 bucks. Uh, so they're selling these pops for like 20, 18 to $20 with the shell, you know, so it's like, you're you're paying extra for it, obviously, but uh, you're not quite paying full price for it because those those hard shells usually go for eight to ten bucks on their own. So it's not bad. Even if you buy one and you're like, oh, well, I'm, I don't even want this pop. I'm flipping it or I don't think it's worth it. You can just use that shell on something else, you know, so mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world, but it is a normal size box. OK, so uh, a couple of weeks ago, Adam and I spoke off air about me getting a new computer monitor. The computer monitor that I have is old. Okay. Uh, I was trying to piece together how old it was, and we approximated that it was at least 10 years old because it has <laughs> speakers built into the monitor itself, which apparently isn't a thing that they do and haven't done for a very long time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I- I, that's the first thing that kind of threw me off when you were describing it. You're like, does the, you, does this one have some speakers? And I was like, no, Joe, no monitors have speakers. He was like, mine does. Okay. So I can kind of get around that by plugging headphones into it and just listening to that, bypassing the speakers on the monitor itself. So that's extended the life of this monitor for at least another 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, however, I did get an email today from Amazon. Um, cause currently I use my Xbox 360 as a media thing, right? Yeah. Um, that's what I watch like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon prime and all those services through. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I was emailed today by Amazon letting me know that as of November 1st, Amazon prime is no longer going to be supported through Xbox 360. Oh, uh, they did, though, however, give me a thing saying, like, here is a coupon for you to get um, 
Fire TV 4K stick with Alexa voice remote for 30 bucks. Okay. Uh, which apparently is like 20 bucks off normal retail price, whatever. Yeah, but depending on when you get it, but sure. But then the problem is, uh, it says just plug this powerful media streaming stick into your HD TV or 4K TV. <laughs> now, yes. the TV I have, I think, is HD. It has, like, USB ports in the side. So I don't know if I could just get away with getting this Fire Stick or that I'm going to need to get a whole new TV. So your TV needs to have an HDMI port on it. It has it has HDMI ports on it. Then you'll be fine. It, okay. In order to get the 4K content or, like, the 1080p content, the TV would have to support that. But if you have HDMI... That the very least the TV is high definition uh, 720p, which okay. just basically means it'll work. You know, you'll be able to. You just won't get the highest resolution possible, but who cares? Okay. You weren't getting it on your Xbox, you know. Right, right, okay. So like I said, I, I knew I had to order this thing, especially since they were giving me 20 bucks off. Um, but I didn't know that I, if I was going to have to buy a new TV as well. No, if you have HDMI ports, your TV at the very least is a low grade of high definition. Yeah, it was definitely a very early um, Black Friday deal. Maybe about 10 years ago. (laughs) I don't know, maybe less. No, it was probably less because I know I got pictures of my, like I could look at pictures of my kid and see it's like, oh, okay, that's when we went from this TV to that, you know? Yeah. And Joe, if you get a fire stick... Okay. Um, I, just a couple quick steps. I can op- Let's just say I can open up a world of opportunities for you uh, with that fire stick, uh, if you're so inclined. <laughs> Opp- opportunities, you say, huh? Yes, opportunities, and uh, lots of stuff available out there if you if you if you know what you're doing. But uh, let me know. Now, I, now I'll tell you this: I don't know what I'm doing, uh, <laughs> so we'll have to have that conversation off air. Absolutely. All right, well, I'm glad that you don't have to replace your 20-year-old TV. <laughs> uh, 10-year-old TV. All right. Well, that's all I got, Joe. Yeah, that's all I got, too. So uh, we didn't jinx this. This was a short show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everyone, thank you very much uh, for listening to episode 153 of At Odds With Wrestling. For Adam, this is Joe saying thanks for listening. Be safe. And enjoy some wrestling. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Network.